Hey, I'm Jeff Reed. I'm Craig Killian. And this is the From First to Last podcast. Hey, this is the From First to Last podcast. It's a podcast where we sit down each week. We talk about a director's uh, theatrical filmography from the first film all the way through to the last film. Yep. And who have we been hitting this season, Craig? I've forgotten. Jeez. Hmm. Mr. Robinson Zemeckis. Yes. And look. Well, El Zemeckis. We are. Today <laughs> is the 14th Robert Zemeckis film. Damn. Um. Hot and damn, summer in the city. It's a well, it definitely is summer <laughs> oh, in the it city. Is. We, we are in shorts and singlets today. Yep, I'm in my fat boy mode. <laughs> got, got my little sweat <laughs> under my arms in between my boobs. It's awesome. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, just a little so fold gross. underneath oh, that has oh, a different goodness. coloration to the rest of it. Gosh, oh, how seriously. long are we into this? And we've already gone. <laughs> seriously, seriously, when I was away on holidays, Brooke filmed me and Carter dancing in the rain because it had this big storm and Carter and I jumped out and started dancing in the rain and seriously I was just all jiggly that I, ca- <laughs> I said to Brooke I look like a melting candle <laughs> and she's like oh, no you don't you look beautiful because my wife's beautiful and I'm like oh look at those boobies <laughs> they're so sweet <laughs> were you jiggling but for justice I was jiggling man seriously <laughs> jiggling and rippling <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so the jiggle would start it and the ripple would go all the way down to my body. <laughs> Craig Killian from first to last, very own Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like a lava lamp. Oh, goodness. Well, last week, <laughs> if, if you tuned in last week, we um, we had a quick sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we went there so early. Um, what I find really funny listening back to some old episodes is how quickly we escalate in later episodes. <laughs> It's like it's like this slow burn early on, but since we've got into like the teens of, of the episodes, we are just getting there really quick. <laughs> just like let's, you know, we're, we're no longer being polite. You know what we're like. <laughs> <laughs> you know we're all friends here now. You know you're not hopping in a car and learning who each other is. Yeah, that's exactly we're straight right. In, straight and if in. this is your first episode, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if this is your first episode, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, and if it is your first episode, I hope you're not a visual person because you've probably got, I'm going to be honest, you've probably got the wrong imperson, uh, impression of what Craig looks like. No, He's yes. not that big. <laughs> no, I'm not that big, but I'm not that far. <laughs> I'm like one bad depression state from being at that level. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm one bad heartbreak. <laughs> deep, deep fried peanut butter sandwiches, Elvis style. <laughs> well, a Carl's Jr.'s just opened up down it, this road from it us. It sure has. I just walked, I've been driving past that going. <laughs> they are delightful burgers are too, Craig. Nice? I've never had yeah. one. They've got one up at Brisbane Airport. So Ooh. I've had a, had a couple there. So... For those tuning in this week, last week we had a very special guest on our Polar Express episode. Oh, um, what an awesome Miss Evie Reed. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, list, I was really concerned, Craig, because it was a bit sort of scattered, as, <laughs> <laughs> as is probably expected when your guest is a seven-year-old. Oh, she was awesome. 
She and, was uh, awesome. Aside from the occasional punching of toys or um, her <laughs> her need to go to the toilet for or a need times. to write her signature. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just in the middle, I, you know, just typical seven year. Oh yeah, I think I need to work on my signature in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just typical. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. And she's showing oh, Jeff, just like, yeah, okay, that's a good hit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, uh, thinking back, I was like, oh, we should have really just got to the chase really quickly and let her go off and be a kid again. Oh, she was awesome. I don't right. think there was anything bad about it. Seriously, if you have kids, there's nothing. There was nothing bad. Even if you don't have kids, she was great. She, she was. was she was honestly so excited to be part of it. She was telling everybody at school and um we had to listen <laughs> Dude, to the awful. episode um and we had to fast forward to every bit that she spoke and so oh, good, <laughs> yeah, good. we listened to every bit that she spoke including she said to me um we talked at one stage about yellow submarine <laughs> robert zemeckis's yeah. yellow submarine um that didn't end up happening and she was really disappointed because she was too shy to start singing the yellow submarine and she really oh, wanted to that's so, but we got to sing it Eventually. We did, we did. She busted out a Toy Story song for us. And, yep. uh, and Frozen? Did so she bust out Let It Go or was that me? Uh, th- I think, I think one of us busted <laughs> Let It Go out. Um, so she's promised next time she's on she'll sing more. <laughs> oh, awesome. Good, good. So She'll be we, on again. She'll be on again. She will. She's actually she's working towards, uh, she suggested a film. <laughs> she's already, she's already in our board meeting. She, she's she's working. She's practicing. <laughs> yeah, so that. um, so we had a great time talking Polar Express. And, that was good. Um, as as we sort of mentioned last episode, it's really the start of this motion capture journey that Robert Zemeckis yes, goes on. Definitely. And and what's really exciting about that is that it continues on this week. Yes. Um. And so this week's film is Beowulf, Craig. Ooh, and we just got a warning today. Yes, we did. <laughs> we sure did. So my very, um, very passionate brother, <laughs> the one we used to say was like um, Joe Pesci out of Goodfellas, basically gave us a call just then, just before we were coming upstairs yep. to um, record, and he gave us, I can't wait for Beowulf. It was actually a lot more swear words. <laughs> That's a lot louder. But he, he he couldn't wait for Beowulf. So this one's for you, Johnny boy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the call, John. We love um, the feedback that you've been giving. giving, And uh, we just love how much he champions us, doesn't he? I know. It's I like, know. It's awesome. He wrote, He's even written us a review. He has. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I don't know if he was trying to be sneaky about it, pretend he was someone else, but it's signed off John Killian. <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh, he shares the same name as one of the guys on the no, podcast. No, no, not at all. It's not a problem at Different all. Different Killians. It's a common name. It's I, a common name. I love it. And you know what? It's so nice to have someone that just, you know, it's a common thing yeah. that we're finding is people come up and say, I just love it. Yeah, um, I know. And so, actually, Craig, freaks us out. Can I, can I tell you something really cool? Oh, yeah, cool. So, I had lunch with a friend and um, just like John, he is just this wonderful champion for the podcast. And um, he actually said to me, he goes, I've got a little present for you and Craig because I love the podcast so much. I just saw this and thought I should get it for you because you guys will appreciate it. Yeah. So I've got it here to give to you, Craig. <laughs> and he Placing actually boobies. went and bought <laughs> each of us oh! a Hot oh. Wheels DeLorean from Back to the Future Part 2. Oh, my God. What a legend. Who is this? So, Chrissy Bright, big shout out to oh, you. Oh, I love you. Thank you so much. That is awesome. Wow. You know, look, seriously, guys, I am not... 
professional enough to not accept gifts. <laughs> 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 to not use my Z um Z celebrity to get free things. <laughs> but and this is part two. Yeah, so Yeah, because he's got the um he's got the filter on the back. Yeah, he does. He's got Mr. Fusion on Mr. the back. Mr. Fusion on the so back. So cool. So oh, um wow. So Thank we, you so much. We do have a dream further on down the track um to have sort of a visual component to the podcast. Mm. And um so Chris, thank you so it. much. Thank you so um, much. We'll take a photo and we might pop it on the um, Instagram. Yeah, so yeah. That, so the folks can see how cool it is. Mm. But the the dream is to have like just a heap of cool pop culture things around yeah. the around the studios that um, reflect things like films that we've done and and you know this this little Hot Wheels is just I'm so out. sick, this is isn't awesome. it? I know it's awesome detail too. Yeah, I know it's I one love of those the Mr. Ones. Fusion that just makes it even better. It really is. It's so flipping cool. So thank you so much, Chris. We yeah, we, we so appreciate Thanks, it. And um, yeah, just so Have flipping stoked. Um, maybe, maybe mm. he. I did play in a band for a bit with him. Oh, so cool. he plays Was bass. He yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll probably meet him. We'll probably yeah. know what he looks like. So thanks, yeah. Chris, mate. So we'll, Cheers, mate. Appreciate I think it. there's some Carl's Juniors coming Chris's way. Oh yes, Carl's Junior, definitely, definitely. So good. We're gonna set up a big lunch. For our fans. <laughs> At Carl's <laughs> Jr. Your mainly family. <laughs> our new, our sorry, Burger Urge. We've got a new yeah, non-sponsor. Yeah, we got a new non-sponsor. <laughs> yeah, damn right. Carl's Jr. It's just easy. There's a new non-sponsor in town. So, um, so yeah, this week, Craig. Wow. I know. It's so cool, isn't it's like it? my first fan gift. Oh, it's so good. Oh, wow. Um, so, so stoked about that. Um, so, this week, we're hitting Beowulf. Beowulf. And... Over the last couple of weeks, it's been a film I've really looked forward to getting into. Oh, seriously, man. It's been something I've... I didn't realise how much I'd forgotten about it, though. Yes. Same. Because I, I, I was talking to you earlier, and I said, yeah, yeah, my son Carter's going to watch it. I remember Jeff giving me a look like, what? Okay, yeah, you know, I'm not going to interrupt with your parenting. And I watched five minutes of it, and I was like, <laughs> no, no, bad. Oh, a kid's bad movie, it ain't. ain't. It ain't in the slightest. So before we start hitting about what we love about it, what we don't love about it, yep, yep. everything in between, let's just take a little trip. Let's take a journey to hear the lead up to this film. I almost feel like we need like um, a Scooby-Doo music. So there's three years between Polar Express and Beowulf. Um, So we've reached 2007. Mm -hmm. Um, What's crazy is this is a time where Craig and I have started just about to start doing our beloved Cinefuls. Oh, wow. Is it really? So we're working together now at, um, at, Scenic. at Scenic. Yeah. We're allowed to say that name now, thanks to Evie for throwing it out there to the world. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, so when we said earlier about taking stuff, we never really did. No, not no, at all. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was a different workplace. It was a <laughs> gift, Todd. It was a gift. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was from our fans. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Beowulf's actually had... When you think of the, it's based upon a poem. Yes. Okay. So an the poem, poem. For those who don't know, it's based upon a poem, an epic poem that was written in the late nine hundreds to early thousands. Yep. So it's really, really old. Sorry, pretty far time. Yeah, for sure. And there have been um, a lot of films made based upon Beowulf. Yeah, in, in a very um, similar, f- like in basic 
It's become an archetype. You feel? Yeah, yeah, totally. And one that I really, really liked. It's the Christopher um, Lambert one, isn't it? <laughs> no, not the Christopher <laughs> Lambert one. The Antonio Banderas, the um, Thirteenth oh, Warrior. Thirteenth Warrior. Love it. It was a cool film. Loved it. One of my favorite scenes is where he's sitting around a campfire and 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 the English. Yep. And Stanley starts because he starts understanding. Awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's awesome. one of those ones that I was like, oh. Maybe this week I need to just make sure that's one of my oh, viewings this I week. I loved it. Yeah, same. Now I feel like watching it, especially yeah. the chant at the yeah. end and everything like that. I am my father. Or, you know, and they're chanting just for... Oh, I love it. Love so, it. Jeez, and Antonio Banderas, um, he's had such an interesting career, hasn't he? Oh, man, he's had an awesome career, basically. He's just, you know... What's that? X versus Sever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ballistic. X Ballistic. versus Sever. Yeah. Is Christian Bale in that one? No, no. That's, that's Equilibrium. equilibrium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, talking. gosh. Every, every, look, everyone needs to slum it in a while. Everyone has a slumming time in <laughs> Wait, their career. So there's a time in your career where you realize you didn't make it. Yep. You know, I think actors have that moment where they're like, this is my big break. I'm going to make it. Yep. Uh, we were talking about this week. I'd bought a copy of Dawn of the Dead, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Yep. And we were looking at it. We're saying how Sarah Polly was really close to being Yeah, she was massive. Yeah. And you probably think Dawn of the Dead was that film where you're like, she's yeah. going to hit it. She's going to hit it. But she was an established indie actress at the yeah. time too. Yeah, yeah. And she always has been. So you think there's probably these lull periods where you're like, Oh gosh! And look, if you're time not, for equilibrium, like, and if you're not good with movies, think about your love life. <laughs> there's <laughs> always that. There's always that one person in your love life where you went, "Ooh, yeah, that wasn't as good as I thought it was." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've been there. Yeah, we all been there. We all oh, been yeah. there. Yeah. So, um, they they set out uh, in 1997. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'll just regather myself. 1997. <laughs> um. Author Neil Gaiman mm-hmm. and screenwriter Roger Avery. Now, Roger Avery has worked... He actually worked on a few um, Tarantino films. Yes. Um, yes, big producer. Yep. And uh, he wrote Killing Zoe and Rules of Attraction. Ah, hated Killing Zoe. And so Gaiman and Roger Avery uh, start working on a script for Beowulf together. Sounds awesome. Guy, In, Gaiman, Gaiman, whatever. He's... He's one of my favourite authors. So they actually met and started working together when they came together to work on a film version of The Sandman in 1996. Oh, wow. And it fell apart at Warner Brothers. It, it is a high concept. I, um, yeah. I've read the first volume of Sandman. Okay. I've got it at home. Yeah. Which you're welcome to borrow. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I mean, I it's, like it's it. high concept, man. High concept. Do you think... Because um, it's probably... We're coming into a time... Unless they're going to the Sandman Theatre. Yeah. Well, I think the Sandman, from my knowledge, and it's not a great knowledge, so I, I don't want to act as if I know what I'm talking about here, mm-hmm. but from what people say, they use the words high concept a lot. Yeah. And do you think it's more fitting in a Netflix sort of uh, long-form version rather than try and squeeze it into a two-hour movie? Um, it could be. Um, it, it just depends on... I guess your safest bet would be a long form. Yeah. A, a talented person could make it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You give the right visual to, you know, Guillermo del Toro, is, it's it's almost made for him. Oh, okay. It's almost made for him. Um, oh, man. So the basic concept is um, there's there's pillars of um, of eternity. So there's basically, there's um, the Sandman who controls your dreams and nightmares. Yeah. Um, and there's his sister, Death. 
um, he's I forget he's he's got brothers and everything like that. Oh and wow! So, and they go through, they meet um, Lucifer. Um, yeah, wow. They meet the, um, the the devil. They meet angels, and but these are the three pillars, like death, um, sleep, and all them are the three pillars. And it's about Samuel losing his. Um, he wakes up because someone put him to sleep for a, a, a long amount of time. Yeah, and he wakes up and he's regaining his power. Because a recent iteration that it sort of took on was going to have Joseph Gordon-Levitt play the Sandman. That would be good. Yeah, it's very similar. It's 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 around the time of. Um, is he so a bit like the crow? Yeah, it, it, it's about the time of yeah when the crow with big hair. Yeah. So yeah, if yeah. you ever what if you ever read the James O'Barr crow, yeah. he had his really like almost spiky hair. He almost and, hair metal sort yeah, of. Yeah, very hair metal. Yeah, very almost glam. Yeah. Um and um and that's what he looks like in in this. Ah. Um and that's what that's what Sandman looks like. Yeah. yeah cool. It's a, it's a big universe. So irony is Lucifer. Do you remember, you know, the TV series? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is based upon the comic book, which first got his no way. kick out of the Sandman um, series. So it comes from that world. Yeah. It's ah. meant to, it comes from that world. He, he quits cool. heaven and hell to open a bar. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Called Lux. So good. Well, so in 97, uh, Gaiman and Avery start working on a script. And you think about that, this film's released in 2007. So it's 10 years before it's... It's made. Wow. Um, and so the script was then optioned by Image Movers, Zemeckis' yep. company, um, and set up for Avery himself to direct with Zemeckis producing. Oh, really? And so the aim for it was to be sort of this 10 to $15 million budget, um, sort of in the live action, not, yeah. not um, CG, um, and in the sort of vein of your yeah, Excalibur. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just like that, like a you know a a paired back version, but still yeah, but yeah, one of those fantasy, fantasy sort of yeah. epic films. Well, there's there there was one that was created. Oh really? Yeah. So it starred um, on Beowulf. On Beowulf, it's called Beowulf. Um, ah. it, well, there's two. There's that Christopher Lambert, yep. early '90s Christopher Lambert techno version. Um, in a post-apocalyptic world where everyone's dressed in steampunk and leather. Lambert. I loved him. Man, seriously, I was huge on Christopher Fortress, Lambert. bro. Man, Fortress. Man, as um, Raiden. As oh, Raiden. Raiden. Maybe he was Raiden. Oh. <laughs> and he always had that laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, oh, and obviously so Highlander. Good. I know, man. Christopher Lambert. Man. Can I just go on I a little Highlander man. tangent? I love Highlander. You can go as fire on his tent well, as you want to. growing up, my mum and I used to watch together. And remember at the video shop, mm-hmm. used to be able to get TV series every now and then. Oh, and I they came the in these massive like folders that opened up and yeah. had like eight cassettes in them. Yeah, that was huge. Uh, we used to get the Highlander TV series all the time. It was awesome. If there is a TV series that remade now would be really popular. Yeah. If you had a, not quite as hardcore as Game of Thrones, no. but in, in an Outlander sort of world that they're living at the moment, which if you've ever seen Outlander, it is hardcore. Oh, man, times. seriously. Everyone says it's, it's amazing. So it's one of those shows that I really want to watch. We're in the second season now, the end of the first season. There is like a bonkers ending to the season. Awesome. Awesome. Can I throw a spoiler out? Yeah, go for it. Oh, I haven't seen it. Dude but I gets don't care. like... I can't speak for raped else. by the guy that captures him. Oh, really? For like 
two episodes. Oh my god! I know. It got to a point where we're like, we need to fast forward it because it's going <laughs> too long. Because <laughs> this is hurting my seat. It's suddenly starting <laughs> yeah. to become uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, uh, but Outlander, man, check it. It's really good. I will. Um, but Highlander, it could. You could make it now. You don't. They're trying so hard to make a movie. They're trying so hard. It's remember like Jason Statham was um, attached yeah, to it at one stage. Yeah, at one stage. But like, you don't need another movie. No, TV series would be brilliant. It's gonna have time travel. It's gonna Netflix. have sword fights. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like, they tried to do a sort of version of it um, with um, Yoan Griffith. Did they? Yeah. So oh, I you know say how I love Yoan. Yeah, it's a he plays an immortal who can't die. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I can't remember what the hell his name is. Like it's like I don't know. It was like one or two seasons. Yeah, one. Yeah, one. But it was it wasn't bad, you know. And it was really good because it flashed back to his time in the Civil War. Yeah, you know, it's like if you think about the Wolverine movies. Yeah, one of the best parts of the movie is watching them at the start. Dude, the only bit of the movie that I like (laughs) is that start. And what's crazy is we it was actually filmed parts of that up here in Newcastle. So the oh, war yeah, scenes like were done on Blacksmith Speech. Blacksmith Speech, yeah. And they filmed for like two weeks to show literally three seconds of that war, I know. war stuff. But as if you wouldn't want to see a epic film that journeys through time, um, time with Wolverine and Sabretooth. Oh man, seriously, it's wouldn't that be it's awesome? Missed opportunity. hundred percent. I love those. I love those movies that are like that. But obviously, we're nerds. But still, I love those movies. And man. actually, like X Men Origins Wolverine, it really hurts me to watch because Gavin Hood is a good director. Exactly, and I don't think he's. Um, it's almost like he hasn't recovered a bit from it. No, it. Do you know what? If he'd nailed that, the world would have been his oyster. Well, from what Jackman said, there was a lot of. Interference. Yeah, that doesn't surprise foxed. me at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was foxed. They certainly foxed. Oh it. no, we love you, Fox. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh look, it's a long time uh, since those days, Craig. Oh yeah, actually, those times are long gone. Yeah. And Logan, I think, proved that. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like Fox has got a bit more. Um, they learned their lesson. I think they they now are giving people more more yeah exactly more the, opportunities to make the film that I, they want. Th- you think about like. In those days, Prometheus couldn't got, couldn't have got made. No, exactly. And I think the problem with Fox at the time is they were chasing the latest trend yes. instead of trying to make it. Yeah, and you and it's I mean? the trap you can fall into playing catch-up. Yeah, exactly. And they're always trying to play catch-up. So, yeah. no, I think, look, good on Fox. I think they're at a better place now. So, um, Avery um, wanted that small budget, mm-hmm. which was which they worked towards, but then the option expired for the script. Oh. Um, and so it meant that the rights went back to Avery and he held on to them. Yeah. So in 2005, uh, producer Steve Bing um, approached Avery again yeah. to let him know that Zemeckis had been thinking about it and he would like to direct it. Cool. To which it was a bit Avery of a passion probably. project for Avery. So it was sort of this whole Zemeckis had to work on selling him how um, the technology, if done by Zemeckis, would allow it to be as big as they wanted. Yeah. And so it ends up being Avery agrees, Zemeckis takes on the project. So Zemeckis then says, um, well, let's do a rewrite. Gaiman and Avery, do a rewrite. Make it less talky. Mm-hmm. Make it huge and epic in Just scale. Just make it visual. 
Exactly, exactly. And so there's a quote that I found from Zemeckis supposedly telling um, telling them, which is, there's nothing that you could write that would cost me more than a million dollars for a minute to film. So go wild. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and when you think about it, um, we'll swing over. The film itself had a $150 million budget. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's... That is a monstrous budget. mad, especially for a motion capture film. Yeah. So... Which would some would say an animated film, but you know what I mean. Definitely. Um, so, $150 million budget. It actually made $196 million worldwide. So oh, really? So, financially... You know, the the, the rumoured average you do is whatever you spend in filming, they try yeah. and spend in advertising. Yeah, true. No, I don't think the avatar was, from memory, wasn't huge. No, it wasn't. It's nothing that stood out in my head. But do you I think, think because of its content, it was never going to be on a front of a friggin' Happy Meal. No, not at all. And do you think it's one of those ones, you know, occasionally a film's made where on paper it looks great and then when they get the finished product, it's like, far out. What do we do with this? Like, how do we sell it? <laughs> like, think about think about Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Yeah. Luckily for him, there was a time happening where superhero or sort of those adventure action movies were accepted in a harder version. Yeah. So it's almost like you go, this is the hardcore superhero movie you've always been waiting for. Plus also, um, it was a time where superhero movies were starting to be more aimed at adults. Yes. Well, instead of the family fair. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? And I think a lot of people picked up on that. There was, there was, it, it was sold or even rumoured you know, at the time to be an intellectual version of a yeah. superhero film. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I've wondered with this, and again, like I don't watch trailers before... I try and go as bare into watching a film mm. as I can so it's not influenced in any way. But with a film like Beowulf, you got $150 million spent on the film. Yeah. How do you sell it? Yeah. Because essentially people would see a poster and go, oh, that's a cartoon. Jared Butler. Sorry. Okay. Jared Butler? <laughs> Jared Butler. He was in the Beowulf movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. It was killing I thought, me. I, I thought, thought you were shouting like a new swear word That's at me. That's why I looked like distracted. I was like, man, I know the dude's name. Olympus has fallen, all this crap. Yeah, Jared Butler. Oh, man. You yeah, could have included me in that process and we could have got there together, Craig. <laughs> Sorry, brother. As soon as you brother. said Olympus has fallen, I would have been like, Jared Butler. Jared Butler. Rain of I Fire, did. man. Yeah, man. One Seriously. of my all-timers. Was he in Rain of Fire? You better believe it. He and Christian Bale. No, it wasn't. It was Matthew McConaughey. And Jared Butler. Jared Butler is Christian Bale's best friend in the... <gasps> you were right. Oh, yeah, of course you're right. Yes, 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 yes. Dude, I'm sorry. I don't was, question I me was, on Raid of I know. I shouldn't have. I, I know. I shouldn't have. Jeff. I love that movie so I much. You do. I, I imported you do. a copy on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Uh, so and that was the movie you thought Christian Bale just kept going up and up and up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. That Both he, he and Jared Butler. You thought those guys are going somewhere and you had that... Oh, man. Hardcore Matthew McConaughey where Hardcore. he does that big jump shirtless <laughs> off with the axe. Oh, flip a oh. stick. I know what I'm watching tonight. I'm watching that Beowulf one now. Oh, so good. Well, sorry. so then, then they go down the track. Now, what's really interesting is I'm finding that um, there's not a lot of information 
without watching special features yeah. regarding production. Because this isn't a traditional set. Yeah. You know, so There's it's not like rumors and people no, busting around. And people aren't on the street yeah. seeing production happening. It's dudes on computers. You know, it's mainly exactly. an office environment that's, that's building exactly it right. instead of just like gangsters, union gangsters. Yep. And there's not even, I think because it is such behind closed doors and maybe, who knows, because like I struggled a bit in our last film, Polar Express, to find a heap of information about production. Yeah. Usually there's like, we wanted so-and-so to be this. We wanted this person to be this person. Yeah. You know, that sort of stuff. Terry Gilliam hasn't been offered a movie in, in ages. In ages. <laughs> in ages. <laughs> They've just given up on Terry now. <laughs> He's retired. So, so, um, so like... I'm really interested to see if moving forward, because we're almost getting back into live action land again. Yeah. If there is information regarding the the production and stuff like that, or if it's just because we are, you know, within almost ten years of the films being released now, that it just takes time for people to then go back for nostalgia yeah. purposes to find more info. I think if um, I I watched a DVD copy, so it didn't have much attached to it. Um, yep. And so I guess if we watched a director's commentary, you'd probably get a lot more, you know, bang for yeah. your buck. Um, like, it's like supposedly the used cars one. The used cars um, audio commentary is meant to be one of the best. Well, I did put a little clip back for the used cars episode, yeah. which was a little five-minute clip of some <laughs> things. And it sounds like they're having a blast That's doing that commentary. Having a ball, Kurt Russell just laughing all the way through. Yeah, it. and <laughs> there's moments where, like, uh, there's this little clip in it. Jump on our Facebook page. You can see it, um, which is at FFTL podcast um, on Facebook. <laughs> um, but jump on because there's a bit where Robert Zemeckis is like, I don't know how the heck we got away with doing that. I know, exactly. <laughs> he talks about the car almost here. Yeah. I, w- I just want to hear what they talk about when the boob. Oh, when man. They grab the boob. Maybe we need to just sit just down one sit evening down and, one and, evening. And, and watch it. Hey, Craig. I think it'd be. Do you know what? A we lot should of call it a live action podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> But then we'll miss stuff. Uh, a few people have contacted me, like friends, to say, hey, can I borrow your copy of Used Cars? Because I really want to see the boob grab. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just out there now. It's part of the world. It's so good. I, I, I have loved Craig, and we're sort of tangenting off, but we'll, we'll get there <laughs> oh, in a it's second. It's not like us. But, it's... <laughs> um, I love the way that when you talk to people about what we're doing with Robert Zemeckis, um, and again, talking, I, I saw Chris this morning, uh, who we spoke about, uh, earlier, like he's talking about these movies, and he's like, "I haven't seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit in forever. I can't wait to watch Roger Rabbit again." Um, or I haven't seen Used Cars. Do you reckon I could borrow it so I can watch Used Cars? I know. And and so like, it wasn't our intention to have people want to religiously watch Zemeckis. No, films. exactly, exactly. But I think what I love is the way that people. Are catching the passion that we have, yeah, and and being like, oh man, I got to check it out. Contact, you know, I what can't. Was, what did John say? You effing idiots now have to go buy Forrest Gump. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so good. So, um, so yeah. So getting back to, there's just not a lot of information. So if there's not facts dropping left, yeah. right, and center about production, it's because they are probably in a warehouse. Um, it's keeping very it behind closed doors. It's a very That's exactly right. So, um, 
So, yeah, we're at 2007. So, do you want to hear what films were released in 2007? You know so. I love to, Jeff. Stop stop groping me and just go in for the kiss, man. <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop teasing. Um, so, 2007, and what I'm discovering is there we're at a point now where Craig and I are friends in life. Um <laughs> And so there's so many movies we've watched together on, oh, yeah. on these lists. We, we would have spent close to like um, maybe $5,000 at JB at this oh, time. Oh, goodness per gracious. Person. Per person. We, we, <laughs> yes. My wife used to have an anxiety attack watching you and I going at every payday into JB Hi-Fi. Literally, we would see the money hit our account and cut down the minutes till yeah. we could drive to a shop to buy movies. Randomly. No <laughs> lists. Oh, this is good. So is this one. <laughs> Three for 40, Craig. Let's <laughs> do it. Yeah. So, um, I don't even know this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Christopher Lambert. <laughs> so 2007, Craig. And I'm going to give the top 10 sort of worldwide grossing films. And then a couple others that are great. But this is a really good year. A really, a good year. really good year. So the number one film for the year was Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Ah, which one's that? The the last one. So the in the three. I oh, count, yeah, I count yeah, the, the three. One, the one where they're um, um, fall, they Young go Fat. into the funnel and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, and that, gotcha. When you watch that scene, I watched it probably semi-recently, probably a year ago. Yeah. That scene where all the ships are sailing into the um, water funnel yeah. is epic. Man, I've, I actually, I just watched the last 10 minutes of it somewhere at a hotel or something. No, 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 not longer, not longer. I still haven't seen the full movie. I'm giving you the look like thinking he's been back on YouTube again watching <laughs> no, the no, endings not a, of no, movies. No, not on YouTube. No, seriously, that was... Hey, you know my love of Gore Verbinski. I know, man. And you how much I would love for him to appear on this podcast so if, at some If point. he would just direct um, Temeraire for you. Oh, yeah. See, gosh. Your reign of fire and your, and your Pirates of the Caribbean just mixed together this with Gore Verbinski. Temeraire... Um, oh, goodness gracious. That is like, <laughs> if there's a passion project for Jeff Reed, <laughs> Tamarair is that. That and uh, Every Dead Thing. Every Dead. Oh, Jesus. Every Dead Thing would be amazing. Oh, goodness. That's a whole nother podcast. Um, number two was Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. Loved it. Number three, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3. <gasps> wow. Yeah. I watched that the other day. And? So is it? Oh, I just can't get past it. The dancing scene? Oh, the dancing scene is horrible. But they reference that in the new Spider-Man to the, oh, the Spider-Man. I hilarious. See it so bad. Hilarious. Maybe this week I'll get to. Um, speaking of Antonio, Antonio Banderas, Shrek the Third was the fourth highest grossing film of the year. Oh, really? I loved Shrek. Oh, no, I didn't like Shrek the Third. Shrek no. the Third's the one that With feels Justin Timberlake. more like a collection of skits pulled together. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like when they release that... Um, Anchorman special cut. Yeah. It was just a whole bunch of just them. Deleted scenes. Yeah, deleted scenes. They're just trying to make a movie out of it. Um, fifth highest was Transformers, the first Transformers. I enjoyed the first Transformers. Yeah, same. Man, it was I, a, th- I thought it was heaps funny. It was an, it was funny. It was a, an adventure. Yeah, exactly. And it and it really hit um really hit basically my childhood, man. I yeah. was like, seeing him up on the screen blew my mind. Yep, totally. Um yeah, it was almost like it was taken serious enough by the filmmakers to make it respectful. But then they they started not taking it serious yeah. enough. This is the big time of those writers, Orky and 
Um, um, Bob Orchie, Alex Kurtzman. Yeah, Kurtzman, yeah. They yeah. were huge at the time. Remember we, were, yeah, you and I, we did, We Craig. tried to get interviews with them all the time. And we, we yeah. did in the end. Yeah, we did. It we wasn't did it wasn't our finest hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's a whole nother... All hit other, us up if you want to hear that one. Whole other stupid story. Um, like re- when I interviewed still in Tharsgaard. Oh, yeah. And I just asked him about Thor. <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård. Alexander, sorry. Alexander yeah. Skarsgård. Yeah, that was a bit oh, sad. Oh, what a wasted opportunity. I know. I know. You live and learn, Craig. I know. Exactly. You live and learn. Well, I hadn't speaking seen True of, Blood at the time. Speaking of living and learning, Ratatouille was released. I love Ratatouille now. Yeah. I love Ratatouille. I hated it when it first came out. I I absolutely loved it. And My, I still love it. Carter still reckons I hate it. Really? I, I just don't. I, I there's a, something about rats in a kitchen that doesn't work for me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and I said to Brooke the other day. She even called me. She goes, "We're watching Ratatouille. I know you don't like it." I said, "I like the movie. I just disagree with the concept of a rat in a kitchen." <laughs> he's under and, a hat, and she goes, "What? What do you mean?" I go, "Oh, look. I don't care if he's the best cook in the world. I'm not going to eat there." <laughs> he washes his paws. I don't care if he washes his paws. He's a rat. Get out of the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> also released uh, the seventh highest grossing film Craig you will absolutely love was I Am Legend <laughs> seriously the original um, Richard the ori- Matheson's book yeah is yeah, so Mathis. good is Math- well, Matheson. Matheson I think Matheson yeah yeah so his yeah his book is brilliant oh man and it's Such not a, a long book it's a uh, hundred pages and it's and it's um, and the vampires are intelligent yeah, they are. And, um, hey, little spoiler about the book, which I absolutely love. And it's rumoured that they filmed this. Mm. Um, so what really blew my mind when I read the book, which we did, both Craig and I read it before we saw the film, yeah. um, and it was that the reason it's called I Am Legend is because he's the last man alive. Yeah. And there's a civilization of the vampires yeah, coming through. Hap- happening. So the whole story is them actually trying to catch a mythical creature of a human. Yeah. And so the reason it's I Am Legend is because it ends with him locked in a tower being displayed. Yeah, exactly. Like a, and, he, and he says it. He yeah. basically says, I am, a, I am a legend. Yeah, so he's like the mythical creature, which is such a I wicked know. spin, isn't it? In the movie, the original one, the, the cut version was um, they basically found that they were thinking creatures. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Yeah. It's so, I know. One day, Craig. Some parts of it was brilliant. Oh, man, that opening yeah. scene through yeah. like a rundown New York. Yeah. Well, Francis Smith, Lawrence is a good director. And had a Batman vs. Superman in the background. Oh, yeah. yeah Didn't that? that said the world oh, no. a lot? <laughs> so cool. Um, at number eight was the Simpsons movie. Yep. Uh, number nine was National Treasure 2. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and number 10 was 300. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love 300. Which I actually watched the sequel to it the other day. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. That's right. What were you telling me? I watched it in 3D. Um, was it good? Yeah. Eva Green's breasts it in was, 3D. It was, it was better than I remembered. I'd forgotten that they were to be, like, timelines were concurrent. So they were happening at the same time. Oh, yeah. See, that's when you were telling me the other day. I was like, oh, really? I've yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was good. Now, some other notable releases, uh, 28 Weeks Later. Oh. So the sequel to 28 Days Later. Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner, yeah. Yep. that was hardcore. It was that movie that made me think that he was originally first hired for Captain America. Oh, he, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Knocked Up was released. <laughs> yeah. Funny movie. Grindhouse, the Tarantino Robert Rodriguez. You know I still haven't seen it. Oh. It just seemed too much of just... 
No, nah, it's Dick fun. Pulling, really? It's fun if you can get beyond the fact that it is a bit pretentious. Mm. Um, Robert Rodriguez's Planet Terror is really fun. Mm. Oh, uh, no, no, I have, I have, I've seen the second one. I've at least seen um, Kurt Death Russell's. Proof. Yeah. yeah. See, if you watch Death Proof on its own, yeah, that's the right. DVD I copy it, or that, Blu-ray yeah, copy, I watched it on its own. It's it's got another forty minutes in it. Yeah, yeah, I watched it on its own. So I never watched the other one, but it yeah. was wild. I love Death Proof. Um, just the the chase sequence and Kurt Russell. Kurt yeah, Russell's just awesome. In it. He is awesome in it. Well, what's really cool about the Grindhouse one, and it's one of those things I sold it a while back. I I, I shouldn't have because it was a silly thing to do. But you watch the double presentation of an hour film. Yeah. But in between are all the the silly trailers like the machete one that uh, then became yeah, machete. Yeah, I know. And Edgar Wright's got a sick um Nazi werewolf one and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's it's really fun. Um. Here's one. You know I love... Actually, there's a couple here that are some of my personal favourites. Zodiac. <laughs> I almost watched it the other day. Oh, I Craig. shit you not, Jeff. Oh. I picked it up in my hand. It still has the wrapper on it. It still oh, has the wrapper on it. And I picked it up in my hand and I said, man, I've got time. I'm going to watch this. And then... I ended up you watching. don't deserve gifts from our fans. I was watching. <laughs> I watch. End up watching YouTube videos. You didn't know. <laughs> <sighs> I said, "Oh no, I need something. I don't need to get into. I don't need to think too much." So you so watch cat videos? Oh no, it's probably something to either do with jujitsu or, oh, or trailers. I am or bad so B movies. I love trailers of bad B movies, man, especially horror ones. <sighs> Jeff, I promise you, man, I'll get to it. <laughs> no, stop you. I'm going to put David Fincher on as our next <laughs> director and you have to watch it. Uh, um, also released Smoke and Aces. You know I love uh, that movie. Oh, you like that movie? I never oh, knew. Oh, Smoke and Aces. Tell your Chris Pine story. Have we told the Chris Pine story? No, I haven't. Tell I haven't your Chris it. Pine story. This well, is an awesome story. Craig and I got to... Um, do the premiere for the Star Trek movie that was being yep. released. And we met the biggest nerds in the whole damn world. We sure did. Um, so we were sitting down and doing an interview. Craig and I interviewed uh, both Zachary Quinto and Chris Pine uh, together. And Zachary Quinto has the skinniest legs in the whole damn he, world. He was very, uh, very skinny. Oh, uh, if I remember out. rightly, he was reading The Power of One oh, at yeah. the time. Yeah, that's right. Um but afterwards, we were doing <laughs> not my chicken, not my chicken. Um, so we were sort of shuffled into a hotel room where you did the interview, yep. and then you were shuffled out, and the guys sort of hung around, you know, eating snacks yeah. while they waited for the next person. But just as we were about to leave, I think Craig was talking to the publicist who was sort of ushering people in and it's out. My job to bull- it's my job to bullshit and get stuff happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I thought, you know what? I love Chris Pine so much in Smoke and Aces. Yeah. And I thought, I'm just going to go and say thanks to him because that movie, I really love it that much. I know you do, man. Look, seriously, there's just some movies in the world that just connect to you for yeah. some damn level. Oh, and Smoke and Aces. I, I just Jeff's never been to a, a gambling hotel in his life. No. But for somehow this just connects to Oh, him. it's so good. So <laughs> I thought, I'm just going to say thank you. <laughs> oh, Craig's choking on oh, no, no. his excitement over here. And I just said to, I walked over to Chris Pine, who was just sort of, often stars just sort of stand and look at the ground, hoping that no one talks to them. <laughs> yeah, um, <that's> right. <laughs> and we probably looked like two nerds, you know, not we professional nerds. nerds. Um, so <laughs> I, I walk over to Chris Pine and said, hey, man, look, 
I just want to say thank you so much for for smoking aces because I just absolutely love you in it. And <laughs> what was just so cool was Chris Pine's demeanor absolutely shifted and you could tell that that was a project that he loved as well <laughs> and so he just got this big beaming smile and said oh thank you so much you know yeah. and it was just one of those moments where you know i, I don't think that it oh it could have happened who knows but in in those moments in my own life when someone says thank you for something like a little back to the future car it just makes your day oh exactly it, it's good to feel appreciated and so you know it was just one of those special little moments where you're like I couldn't have, I may not have said that, but I did. And I'm so glad I did because you could tell he appreciated oh, it yeah. so much. So Smoke and Aces, check it out, people. I love it. <laughs> also released Sunshine by Danny Boyle. Oh, now, okay. And this is something as a huge Marvel fan. Yep. I'm always sort of ashamed of. I never liked Chris Evans. Yeah, you were never. I was anti Chris vehemently against him, me, and I, I, I was like, cut. Jeff would be like, man, he's good, he's good. I'd be like, he's <laughs> a douche, you know. Not another teen movie. Um, Your wife loved Cellular. Yeah, cell, that was probably one of them. Cellular hated Cellular, <laughs> um, and then uh, you know, Fantastic Four. I've always hated the character of the Human Torch. Anyway, Johnny Storm. Never clicked with me. And so I was like, oh, man. And Jeff's like, no, nah, man, watch this. You know, I'm like, oh, it's got douchey in it. <laughs> and watching it. And I remember watching it and coming out and going, Jeff, you're right, man. You're 100% right. Sunshine. This dude's going to be huge. Yeah. And so when I found out he was going to be Captain America, I was like, yeah, man. Perfect, 100%. Perfect. Sunshine is one of those films. It's insanely underrated and probably one of the best science fiction movies made yeah, in I, the last I don't think people. Years. Yeah, exactly. Easily, I don't think people have um, really just caught on to it yet. Danny Boyle is like we we've talked a bit about like how Scorsese is one of the most versatile directors that you can get. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you watch Hugo and it's a beautiful kid story. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, but Danny Boyle again is such an insanely versatile director to go from a science fiction film like that that's sudden to a horror film. To you know, have you seen Millions? Yeah, man. Oh, it's such I'm, a beautiful I film. Love all these films, and it's a it's a shame that the Bond one fell through. Oh yeah, but when you hear why, yeah, uh, I know. As a Puritan, I'm sort of I don't like the idea of killing Bond off and it becoming a yeah. But didn't Craig wanted Bond killed off, and he. Boyle Danny Boyle didn't, didn't want to. Yeah, do that's that. right. Which, Danny Boyle was yeah, a Puritan as yeah. well, and I agree with that as well. I think. I think that's selfish of Craig to try push for that. It's oh, almost like he I thinks he if owns Bond. Well, I, f I wonder if it's... And I've never liked him as Bond. If it's the... I'm a piss person. Not a, not a Daniel Craig thing. He might be just championing an idea by the Broccolis that um, sort of own the rights to yeah. Bond, which is how do you get a black Bond? Everyone's saying we need a black Bond. We need a black Bond. Uh. How do you do it and sell it to people who may be potentially racist? which there are a lot of people who would have oh, a man, problem with a black and bond. sexist as well. Just look yep. at the Doctor Who crap going on. Um, so the best way is kill off the white one, make it that a new one's hired. Oh, and man. it's not a... You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I see your point. I just don't Again, think it needs to be a Human Torch. How many people were were upset by the fact that there was an African-American Human or, Torch? Or even talking about Iris Elger, how, how upset were people when he was Heimdall? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? People are, and he was awesome as hell, oh, yeah, wasn't man. he? There are people who are just dumb. 
So like I love you, but there are just some some people who are just oh, dumb. It's the world. No, no. It there's a, there's a lot of dumb me. people. Upsets me. You can't let it get to you, Craig. Um, it does. So there are still <laughs> there are a heap of other films in in two thousand. This is a good year, man. Yeah, I haven't no, you even can talked tell by the amount of time we've spent on it. Uh, we have spent a lot of time. I did just glance at the clock and go, like, "Oh, flip a stick! Oh. This is going to be well. Look, it's going to be an epic episode for an epic film. Exactly. Exactly. So, just in case there are a heap of people out there who don't have a clue what Beowulf's about. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Microphone near mouth. <laughs> yes, that's how it works. That's how it works. <laughs> um, let's just take a moment. We're going to uh, find out about what it's all about. A little mm. short burst from Craig Killian. He's going to tell us what it's about. Based upon the epic German poem, Robert Zemeckis brings his motion capture skills to an adult audience with death, blood, and a naked Angelina Jolie. Enjoy the Ripper, Beowulf. Cool. Well, Craig, what did you expect? It's been a little bit since I'd seen yeah. this film. What did you expect going into watching Beowulf now in our little Zemeckis lens? Oh, man. So, first of all, I had a huge struggle because I've been rearranging my Blu-rays and I have Beowulf on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, I have a Christmas Carol on Blu-ray. And I've lost both of them. Oh. So I had to go repurchase them. And I've re and I had to repurchase them on the pop basis that I might find them again. Yeah. So I bought cheap versions. Yeah. Um so upset because I was really pumped to list um to watch Beowulf. And so I've watched it obviously. And I expected I must have remembered a a, a lighter film. Yeah. Well there was a there was a um a toned down version. Yes. Um, But watching it, even the first five minutes of it, man, I was wrong, man. This is a hardcore in-your-face film. Did you... So on my Blu-ray copy, um, it has director's cut under the title. I think Was the DVD was a director's cut? Yeah. Okay, cool. It must be, man, because it's filthy. Well, it's funny because I had it on back in the days when we worked together. Yeah. Yeah. Craig and I would walk down the uh, Hunter Street Mall and there was a Sanity oh. in the mall. A Sanity was a uh, like record store that became like selling DVDs as well. There's a couple, man. There's still a couple around the They're world. They're always in random, random um, country towns. towns. <laughs> 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 I'm about to go to Tari next week and I'll yeah, hit Sanity for sure. And it'll be right in there. Like it'll be 100 metres from a Woolies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they have those cardboard and sort of boxes. donuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a donut king. Yeah. Um, so we used to go and they do these three for 40 DVDs. Yeah, they were great. Deals, deals man and remember i got the director's cut of beowulf there yeah. and it was ma rated yeah which is one step up from being like you have to be 15 to see it yeah exactly yes um but my blu-ray copies m rated for the same cut oh is it yeah might have just loosened by time strange it's, isn't it yeah it is it is a bit weird like just basically it is it is well i only think the first the most harshest part is the first scene. Where Grendel... Grendel, so when... Okay, so obviously it first starts off... Now, let me just say, before it all starts off... Yeah. And they're showing, like, just before the image move, his banner comes on. Yeah. Did you freak out at the at that Chinese palace um, 
start at the start. What? You know how they always have like um the have title cards for the, the title companies. cards for the companies. Yeah. Yeah. The one I watched, it had this weird title card on it and I said, I've got the wrong movie. Really? It, yeah, it went into a palace and it showed um Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it shows flowers and shit. And I'm like, What? Am I? I, I thought the film had started. Yeah, same, same. And then it turned out to be a uh, a title card. Title a card. really fancy title yeah, card. Yeah, a real fancy title. Like, yeah, so fancy. true. You know those ones where you go, I don't think you need that, mate. And <laughs> I questioned, in my mind, I questioned if the music going on yeah, was like, for the title card or for the movie. I thought someone gypped me. I thought, <laughs> I thought, oh, shit, I've bought the wrong Beowulf. I bought like an Asian Beowulf. <laughs> and, and it's going to you know, Beowulf. <laughs> you know? And it's just going to be this, this hardcore like hentai oh, porn God. thing oh. that's just going to be creatures just banging, you know, and, like like the, like the end of Outcast, <laughs> Outlander, <laughs> you know, just poor Beowulf just getting just destroyed, <laughs> destroyed by oh, a three dick no. creature. <laughs> well, that's what that's what they do. That's what they do in hentai films, man. They're hardcore films. How the heck did well, we get here? Anim- anime films, anime films. Sorry, I should say hentai. Hentai is specifically popular oh, in every gracious. dark manga films, man. <laughs> they're like that. They're like that. They're hardcore. Oh goodness! Well, <laughs> where do I go? But, where do but I go back from to there? that. Then it started five minutes in, and then yeah, um, and so um, King Othgard is celebrating. Um, yeah, very then, merry. Yeah, very merry. You know, and you see um, animated Hopkins bum. Yeah, but then, but you know, you see it, and it looks great. You know, oh, it does. Man. It, looks it great. is the a gorgeous whole, film. It is. It is a beautiful film. Like the first scenes where um, the rat is crawling on the roof, and then oh, the, um, and the then it pans goes, out yep. towards the cave. Yeah. Oh man, I wrote that down because that again opening shots, opening and, shots, and we talked actually talked to your brother about it. Yeah, and, exactly. which was awesome to hear. Other people are seeing it and going, "Oh, this is amazing." But opening shots from the celebration all the way pulling back to the cave. And, it, and the sound. Yeah. It goes sound, quiet. And yeah. then you hear it in the echo once it goes into yeah, the cave. Yeah, it was so good. Um, yeah, I really loved that, which then gives us our first look at Glimpse at of Grendel. One of the scariest damn creatures ever. And I did not realize how bad this creature was. Just to oh, look man. at man. Um, yes, yeah, so gross. Let's put a pin in Grendel because we're going to get there soon. Pin. But like... Um, I was, I don't know what I was expecting going in. Actually, I was really, really excited. I'm concerned that that excitement was overhyping. <laughs> oh, you um, overhyped. I hate when I And so. Um, Too enthusiastic. I still really enjoy it. But, like, I was just expecting, I don't know, in honesty, I don't know what I was expecting. I was sort of living through the memory that I had of the film. <laughs> I knew it was going to be hardcore. I knew that it was going to be epic. Yeah. And you get those things. Yeah. Um, but I think the pacing in the film just sort of threw me a little bit. I wasn't and I wasn't anticipating the shifts in pace in the I film. I think also we're in a spoiled world now. We're post Game of Thrones. True. Let's be honest. We're post Game of Thrones. Yes. If you're this making is true. if you're making fantasy for adults, yes. we expect higher. Yeah. <laughs> you we know what do, I mean? Don't like we? at the time. Um, it stood out, you yes. know, as a fantasy for adults. It stands out. Yeah, but these days, man, post Game of Thrones world, you go, man. If you threw that in a Game of Thrones, if you had the standard of a Game of Thrones and put Beowulf, yeah, in that, 
when we think sorry the best word thing is our version of epic yes is different now. yeah and it really shifted it did shift after Lord of the Rings, didn't it? It did. Um, it did, man. We realised there's a lot more you could have done. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then Game of Thrones took it yeah. to the next level. Even though the last Hobbit film, that's basically like a motion capture film. Oh man, the the <laughs> uh, it is, it is. You know don't what I mean? Get like, me started. Seeing, like, seeing the um, practical version of the main orc versus the one that they have. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the practical that version it, looks so that much better. Didn't it ever? Oh. It's it's really disappointing that they would go even like Billy Connolly's yeah dwarf that king. on the pig yeah on the ho- hog yeah that, that was overdone man. I could I could understand having a digital pig for that scene, yeah. but have a real Billy Connolly's not even there. Yeah, Billy Connolly's and and that's the thing. Billy Connolly's not a good-looking man. <laughs> <laughs> you could agree with this as well. Yeah. You know, a practic- you wouldn't need many practical effects for his head. No, but just, <laughs> like, again, we've talked about it so many times, and Zemeckis does it really well. Yeah. Probably not the best uh, time of his career to be talking practical effects. Yeah, true. But if he did this film as a practical film, I would have loved to have seen the way he took it. Oh, I could really see it being it. almost like a... A Jason and the Argonauts yeah, style true, film, true, with the Ray Harryhausen yeah. sort of, you know, yeah, those little creatures, stop motion, yeah, stop motion, yeah. And and look seriously, it's and the funny thing about it is, the characters obviously apart from Ray Winston's, yeah, um, the characters look very much like their acting Big time. counterparts. You Brendan know I mean? Gleeson's is oh, just yeah, like so awesome. him, isn't I know, it? I love it. I love it. And Especially Robin, when he goes, uh, "Do you want me to come in with you? No, stay out here." Good. <laughs> That's his typical here, and I love it. Yeah, love it. Love it. Love yeah, it. I actually, um, again, I've got such an appreciation for Brendan Gleeson. Like he's, I think he's one of those. Amazing. He's one of those actors that when he pops up in everything, again, um, twenty eight days later. Yeah. Um, so great in that. Any type of movie, whether he plays, you know, like I watched In Bruges for the first time the other day. I watched oh, In Bruges. So good. <laughs> Where he punches the door. In karate chops him. <laughs> Oh, but back to the point. I watched it the other day in Paddington. Oh, so it goes from one did you watch Paddington 2? Paddington 2. beautiful? We watched Paddington 1 last night. So Paddington oh. 2, man. And he had it. Beautiful. Like Those the man movies. just plays. The man is an amazing actor. Oh, he is, isn't he? Yeah. He really is. Um, just everything that he's in, he's he's good. And He has a range that's doesn't ridiculous he? where he goes from warm and cuddly to frightening. Yep. Yeah, it's so good. Um so, yeah, I don't know what I was expecting. Um, I was expecting a good time. Um, and I guess I was trying to... It might have been the first film that I, I really thought there's an unknown quantity to it, but this is Zemeckis. Yeah. So yeah, it's exactly. going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. And so um, I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. I'm still... I, I'm really sorry, John. I know you love this movie, but <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about it. Look, I think... Even Zemeckis himself, obviously he wouldn't f- fully admit it because of the amount of money that was behind it, but I think he was really testing waters. Yeah, big time. You know what I mean? Like, And I was watching it the other day and uh, and I was realising that without movies like this, yep. you wouldn't have the strength of Pixar because what, they, what Zemeckis brought to these types of things is... Even in the motion capture in the animated, even the animated part, yep. he brings a director's flourish yeah, to it. Like does. a proper director's flourish. It's not yep. like, you know, it's all, almost like 
seen um, video games that go from left to right yep. to a 3D sandpit. It's yes, like that. He true. brings, you know, like he he goes, no, no, no. Why only do that if you can, if I can zoom through that window or yeah. grab that talent or, or watch that because the camera is mine now. You know what I mean? Yeah. While an animator just goes, yeah, the camera can just sit and just watch it play out. He's like, no, nah, man, the camera could go anywhere. Yeah. You know, and you, and you see the camera go <laughs> we are everywhere. Free. Exactly. And, and, and only a trained director in real life action would have been able to bring that. And from that, yeah. I think, well, look, correct me if I'm wrong out there, guys, but I think this is the movies that showed, and that's why these animated directors now yep. like you know um all your Pete Doc- you know all your yeah, best Pete doc- doctor yeah all those guys can now go into live action can make a seamless jump into live yeah. action as well cuz i think Zemeckis Mecca started i was watching him and going man he finally brought um live action obviously apart from motion capture but animation wise well he brings a respect to that field doesn't he released he? the camera yeah. Like you do with drones these days, man. Yeah. You just release the camera. Totally. Yeah, no, that's awesome, Craig. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting little film. Let's let's get back to Grendel. Because, <laughs> oh, man. Look, we know the Crispin Glover issue. Yeah, Crispin Glover. Look, Crispin Glover's back. Yeah. So Bobby Z and him, they're patched Made things up. up. They're friends now. That's good. That's good. I bet you he, he was like, I want this much. Do you really, Crispin? <laughs> do you, Crispin? Come on, buddy. Come on. Let's let's not do this one again. We don't need to go down this road. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, and if you're worried about me using your image, I'm going to turn you into the ugliest fucking. <laughs> 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 oh gosh! And, and Crispin Glover would probably be like, "Yeah, that's cool." <laughs> oh man, I wrote this as my note. Grendel is so gross. <laughs> oh, gross, man. He is so gross. He, it's funny when we first watched it. My brother said it looked like this guy from our school. Oh, I'm not going to say his horrible. name just in case. But he sort of had that, like, that chin. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh that is so oh, horrible. Oh, oh, I know. It sounds horrible. So I'm not going to ever say the dude's name. But, yeah, we used to, I used to see it, and I still see it, and I laugh. And I think, oh, man. Um, I really want to see – John mentioned on our little phone call today that there was a behind-the-scenes where you can watch Crispin Glover <sighs> acting. Against I'd love um, to Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. So I did a bit of research because I thought – the the character of Grendel was really interesting because it's like go grosser, nah go grosser, nah go grosser. Nah, add some scales. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I did a bit of research, which was the, the the guys that put together the character of Grendel were saying there's that sort of comb over hair oh, that he's got, yeah, uh, which they wanted to make that modelled on how Crispin Glover always wears his hair. Um, <laughs> Is he comb over? Like not comb over oh, like okay, bald yeah, yeah, sort of thing, but over, like yeah. the the part that pulls his hair across. <laughs> just, just imagine bald. <laughs> and and um, they talked about like with the scales, and there's those little flecks of gold sort yeah. of occasionally on it. But then it really looks like an open sore a lot of the time. Yeah, his whole body doesn't look like, like the skin has grown. They wanted they wanted him to look like he'd spent a lifetime sort of picking his wounds. And oh, opening they up, succeeded. Yeah. So, and there's that horrible moment where he like s- scratches, yeah, his oh, head open, crikey, yeah, um, oh. and even the bubble in the ear, yeah, that, that like, vibrates and has that uh, yeah. ripple. Oh. That's what my breasts look like when I danced in the rain <laughs> the other day. Just like oh, anyone so who anyone who played music near me, it just comes to my nipple and I just go. Ah! 
<laughs> but there's that scene where he's like fighting Beowulf and Beowulf like punches him oh. in the ear till it bursts. Oh and yeah, and it just turns into this hollow. Yeah. Oh this my. this is an awful one. So this is um this is a reminder. So how that looks yeah. was once how my feet looked. What? I know, I know, I know this sounds horrible. So I used to be a door to door salesman and yeah. me and a guy named Trent Chadman. It was during one of the, it was up in a place called Brisbane, and Brisbane has these huge wet seasons. Yeah, and so we just walk through the we be walking through water selling stuff. Yeah, and we done it, and then it'd be hot, and then it'd be wet, and then hot and wet. And so Craig. at the end of that week, we walked so far. I took off we took off our shoes, and there was so much they were so well that and they had blisters on it. And when we took off the top of the blister. And it actually rotted in down in between the skin. Yeah, I had like three of them on my feet. You didn't listen to Lieutenant Dan, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Got to always didn't. look after your feet, Craig. <laughs> well, I never had a Lieutenant Dan, okay? <laughs> okay? I didn't have a Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I had a bubba. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Chad Ben, he was my bubba. <laughs> I, never had, I never had a Lieutenant Dan. Oh, Grace, you're lucky you didn't get an infection. Oh, I, I, seriously, I I'm I'm amazed my whole body didn't There's that million turn dollar baby Grendel at that, oh, my time so from my time gross. doing that stuff, man. There's that million dollar baby story where they say Hillary Swank nearly died in production. No really? Because she got a um golden staff infection in her heel because she'd got a blister wearing the boxing shoes all the time. Oh wow. She got a blister and just popped it and sort of let it go. Yeah, that's all and it and it got grosser and grosser and so she got like really sick because of it. Oh, wow. So, so I could have died. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, shit. There you go. Oh, well. So, <laughs> Sorry, back to the Now point. you've got that image of Craig's manky feet. Um, oh, no. My feet are beautiful now. You could suck them on them. Dead if, uh, <laughs> 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 no, they're actually quite nice. Oh. I, I, trust me, I look after them all the time now. I oh, always think of those gosh. times. I always think of those times. There's that really interesting moment, too, with Grendel Craig. Hobbit feet, um <laughs> <laughs> Keep coming back to the Hobbit. Um, <laughs> not CG though, practical. Um, that Jeff once like ripped hair out of it. We <laughs> I talk, did. We won't talk about that moment, will we, Jeff? <laughs> that was. I apologise <laughs> for that, Craig. It wasn't fair, was it? Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Story for another day. Go. Oh, there's that. There's that moment when Grendel dies, mm. and oh. and it, his face shifts that little bit to become like Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's. I think. Uh, and and this is one of my this is one of the big things I got from what rewatching this film yep. is how much more detail was put into him. Yeah, into Grendel. you didn't. I didn't realize how much of it. And w- and in the different scenes, you know, like you said, the flicks of gold because he's yeah. gold. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, and and then just um, the flickers of the um, the flickers of scales because obviously his mum's like a sea a, demon, a water yeah, demon. dragon, or yeah, or water dragon. Yeah, thing. whatever she was, she was sexy as hell. But uh, <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, and she just basically, but he was just. Yeah, uh, disturbingly, like his fingers and his yeah. little ninja turtle hands. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? It was, well, again, awesome. a dragon would have those three claws, but they're half, almost like the, remember that Lobster Boy yeah. sort of freak show? I remember, yeah. Um, so, you know, like. You know, really, Lobster Boy turned out to be a killer. No way. Yeah, man. So Lobster Boy, the, the his famous Lobster Boy. Grew up to be Lobster Man, obviously, um, and he was abusive to his wife. So someone married him. Whoa. Um, yeah, and I he, just I, sh- I must have just assumed he, he died as a kid. No, nah, he ended up killing some dude. 
Oh, he was just a bad. Like he killed his wife or something like that. He was a bad man. Oh well, well, well I know. That well, fittingly, things got dark on the Beowulf episode. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But like, you could just picture though, while I was watching it, I could just picture watching Grendel that Crispin Glover would have been having a field day. Oh man, the way he acts makes Grendel even more just terrifying. That sort of combination of English and German, yeah, sort of yeah. language that he has. You know, it's it's almost like and that high pitched, yeah, it. and you know that imploring, you know, yeah, tone yeah. to it. no God, you know, you're yeah, just like, yeah. oh, like well, I guess you know, logically thinking, there would be some extreme mental issues as well as yeah, exactly as and he's physical. got the bodies and he's just dangling them, yeah, and, and even the point where it like rips someone apart and he drinks from yeah. it, yeah, oh, know. horrible. It's um, it's. You can see why we were shocked that this was an M-rated movie. Yeah, because if oh. this was live action, Craig. Yeah, if this was like that, like the Jared Butler one. Yep. Um, and the guy who plays um Grendel is um, he he played Sabretooth in the X Men movies. Oh, uh, Lee. Oh no, Tyler, no, yeah. Is it Tyler? Yeah, Sons yeah, yeah. It? Tyler Maine. Yeah, Tyler Maine. Yeah. So um and. And it's a good movie, yeah. It's uh, but um, yeah, and they do that there, but it's never really as rough as this, man. Oh, it, yeah, it's it's full on. <laughs> There's no other way to say oh, it. Oh, it's there, Craig? full on, man. It like, is yeah, full on. Where Beowulf busts through that sea creature's eye. Oh man, that whole fight. Um, uh, you know, like there's something really cool that I I did notice in that 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 scene where he busts through the eyeball, like out the eyeball. Yeah, exactly. It's just like oh my goodness. But the way Ray Winston narrates that. Yeah. There's these little beats and pauses as he's doing it that it just feels like he's making up the story as he goes. Yeah, There's exactly. Like a, you know, and then you hear him afterwards continue talking, you know, oh, okay, he's talking smooth and it's flowing because it's not a lie. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, exactly. it's, it's, you but can tell. he goes, Gleason says, last time it was three. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. And you can tell it's a man who... A lot of the time, he goes from town to town embellishing his story. Yeah. So that, you know, it is quite possible that, like what happens in Beowulf, is that he doesn't kill the monster. But you can tell he's a monster hunter. Yeah, big time. Because of just the way he acts. Yeah. You know, like when he just strips naked, you know, and, and, and to fight the monster. There's no fear about him. So he's, he's Beowulf. He's brave and he's, he's a brave. warrior. He just, he's a, he's a warrior who's aware of his own myth. Yeah. Yeah, and the importance that the myth plays into what he does. Exactly. Um, Brett Ratner did that sort of with Hercules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mind the Hercules. I didn't mind it. Hey, there's, there's, there's movies that I've never seen a rock in a movie where. Is I it Hercules like, Returns? Is it the something like that? Yeah. yeah something weird. Oh, look, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> he's just a megastar. Yeah, he? exactly. Um, with the with the Beowulf. Something that I really noticed. There's some characters we talked about in Polar Express. How. The eyes, it's called the dead eyes. Yep. You know, like it's actually a term that people use to describe these films. Um, and we talked about how the eyes actually aren't that dead. No. They're actually more alive than everything else. Exactly. Um, and I wanted to talk about and... It's you the know, face around it. That's exactly right. And so it feels like in the three years between Polar Express and Beowulf, technology has gone in leaps and bounds to just bring those back 
a yeah. bit more together. Yeah, exactly. And in some parts, um, it looks quite realistic. Like Beowulf constantly looks amazing. Oh, amazing. Anytime... Oh, sorry, go. Well, anytime they're working on Beowulf, you can tell the efforts have gone to make him look. Because his face, they've, yeah. they've made his face battle worn. Perfectly you know, in exactly. proportion. Exactly. And but I think one of the only person who people who isn't is Robin Wright Penn. Robin Wright Penn's a bit off. Yeah, because cause they've tried to make her so serene and yes. beautiful. You her know what skin's I mean? trying to be pristine. Yeah, exactly. And because and because there's no um, definition around the yeah. skin, her eyes just sort of like exist in the, in the middle of a blank Same canvas. with um, John Malkovich's character. There's something oh, yeah, about his right. eyes that yeah. are a bit too close together. And maybe that's Malkovich. But, <laughs> you know, because it is motion captured. Yeah, but, you're right. But, like, you know, it's one of those things, like, he would still look like Malkovich if it wasn't, that way, yeah. You know, here Brennan Gleeson sometimes his face looked yeah. just a bit funky, dude. He's actually saying that John Malkovich's character was the one that uh, it, it, it felt the most wonky, like the animation of it. Yeah, like when he beat the little slaves slave creature. It's it, horrible. Yeah, I know, but like he's the way his movements felt. Yeah, looked awful. And there's something um, and on the horses that looked weird. Yeah, the horses looked a bit strange. There's something that I'm starting to realise that may be one of the reasons. There's the movements for most characters in this yeah. are so incredibly natural. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it really did. That Beowulf, the scene where Beowulf and Angelina Jolie's, like, temptress character, yep. that scene in the cave is astoundingly beautiful. Oh, it's an amazing scene. The lighting, the the color palette used in there. Exactly. It's just like, you know, Beowulf looks amazing. Joel Lee looks incredible in it. Damn, I would give and, in so quickly. And there's a really <laughs> um Angelina Joel Lee. I would even have Grendel watch. Oh, <laughs> oh goodness gracious. <laughs> Sorry, go. Sorry, oh. my apologies. Oh. <laughs> um, Angelina Jolie, actually, I found an interview with her where like she... Oh. Let the boy watch. Oh. <laughs> Have you ever watched it? Oh. <laughs> These cut scenes from... Great. <laughs> Sorry, okay. So bad. No, no, there's a, there's a cut scene with Will Ferrell. I'm referring to a joke from um, East, Eastbound and Down. Oh. And they had these back... They, they had these cut scenes with... Um, Craig Robertson and Danny McBride. It's yeah. one of the funniest scenes. You've is this ever the seen. plums one? The plums one. Oh, the plums and one. Yeah, is exactly. Good. And he, then he talks about having. He goes, "I'm having sex with Martha," and my son came in, and she goes, "No, my son." He's like, "Let the boy watch." That's <laughs> what <laughs> so I'd be like with Grendel. <laughs> God. Gosh, Craig. <laughs> There's a, oh, look, my brain goes to weird places. So I don't want to say it. On the, um, oh, the so plums. Angelina Jolie, after watching that scene, which is like, again. Amazing scene. The reason Craig does talk about how he he would give in the temptation is because it is gorgeous. She's beautiful. It's almost like um, it reminds me of what a comic book artist would draw yeah. their sexy vixens Those thirsty as. comic book artists that have yeah. just no realm in reality. Yep. Um, like you see some of those <laughs> you see some of those comic book covers. Yeah. And you go, yeah, that's not realistic, guys. Do you know what it really reminded me of? I love uh, Eric Powell. He's a comic book artist. Yeah. Does The Goon. And anytime there's sort of a female seductress, yeah. they take on that form. 
you know that like really the 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 shape and you know just the proportions of the body yeah it's just like it, it just reminded me of that so much but angelina jolie wasn't prepared for how good that was going to look oh really um and so she actually um has been quoted as saying that she was really surprised um so surprised that it left her feeling exposed watching it. Wow, really? So, um, so yeah, and I do remember when the film was coming out that that sort of her face coming out of the water, and you could tell she was naked under the yeah, exactly, the water. And, the, and the and it's just gold. Yeah. yeah, it was used a lot in the advertising that you went, oh gosh, what is happening? I here? know exactly, and you feel like, oh, I'm about to see more, but you don't. Yeah, yeah, and. That's perfect all credit to Zemeckis. That's perfect advertising. Yeah, because throughout that, anytime you think you're going to see something, yeah, you never do. I know when you always think you're about to see Bayo's dong. Yeah, <laughs> you know that. Yeah, old, yeah, yeah. You know, not, not, not that you want to see Bayo's dong, but there's uh, you can tell it's basically it's, well, it's a cold time. Bayo's dong. It's, it's, it's a cold time, so I doubt it's just but swinging from side to side. It's it's like the um. Like that pulp opening from Romancing the Stone. Yeah. You think you're seeing things. But you're not. Exactly. But you're not. Exactly. He, it's actually, he's it's he's done. He's a good tease. Oh, he is. But it's like this strange, tasteful tease whilst being sexy at yeah, the same no, time. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think it's 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 all tasteful. Like, yeah. you don't, even like he's fighting in the nude and you don't, you, there's nothing sexy about no, it. No, not That's at all. That's a guy, he's, he's so honourable, he says, he's got no armour, I'm not going to wear armour. Yeah. But how totally. good would you feel? Like, poor, um, obviously, Angelina Jolie, she felt exposed. How good would you feel being Ray, Ray Winston? Winston. You oh. sit at home, you've got your gut out. you just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I look like that. <laughs> <laughs> Off his lorry. Off I his think lorry. You, you once were quoted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be here to kill your monster. <laughs> <laughs> I am Beowulf. <laughs> Funny crying. story. My brother was telling me that he used to tease his girlfriend. He used to say that. Um, oh, gosh. So if you, no, no, no. no <laughs> nothing bad. Nothing <laughs> bad. Sorry. I thought um, we were about to find out he called a Grendel. <laughs> he called a Grendel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, his ex-girlfriend now. But he, when, when um, Beowulf's at the door and he's got Grendel's hand in the door. Yeah. And then, you know, where he says, you know, I am, you know, he says, you know, I am lost. I am Beowulf. I am Ripper. That's right. I am Ripper. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny just say, used to say that to his girlfriend. <laughs> and his girlfriend just go, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so John. I do. I do love it. Uh, I love a girlfriend that can just have that way that most people would be like, that's so harsh. But yeah. you just know that. Yeah, they know where it's coming from. Yeah, Yeah, they know where it's coming from. Um, One thing that I sort of... Can I tell you a little gripe I have with the film? Gripe on. What I I, I wrote an article um, probably a month month and a bit ago. Yeah. um, Talking about how Zemeckis never um, bastardizes his technology. Yeah. It's never done for anything that's not enhancing the film. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I feel Beowulf is the first time that it was clear to me it was made to sell 3D, 3D. seats. Oh yeah, yeah, like the 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 spear at the yeah, start. I've got that here. And and like if it was done really well. See the Polar Express, the majority of that we talked about the roller coaster well, scenes. And and plus also all the ticket scene. Yeah. Um and, but it all plays into the fate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like 
fate takes that ticket and yeah. it shows how fate brings that ticket back. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it, ha- it plays within the storyline of a magical trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But things like the start of the film, Anthony Hopkins throws the coins out. Yeah. But it's, it's really clear in that toss of the coins that it's not tossing coins yeah. It's tossing it so you go, oh, I'm going to get hit by a coin. Here comes a flying Ducking. coin. I need a duck. <laughs> you know, like it is when we watch something with Evie in 3D. She's, her little mind's like, she, you can see her trying to touch them, you know, in that beautiful <laughs> yeah. childlike way. But like, it sort of made me just go, oh, Robert, you don't need to do that, man. Like a spear can be used. You watch that in 2D and that the perspective of that spear just looks wrong. Yeah, exactly. So if it was just went to that side angle, yeah, that would have been impressive. Yeah, yeah. I didn't need to see the, um, you know, the fact that it's a Phillips head spear. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. I mean? That's it's exactly right. Attitude. And like again, sometimes I think in Beowulf, especially some of the usage of the way the camera moves. Yeah, I think it actually playing to three D ends up betraying. The look of the film completely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's and, and look and there's look. Admittedly, there's bits that would have looked amazing in 3D. Yep. Um. You know, there's a lot of bits with the dragon. Yes. That would have looked amazing in 3D. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, totally. I think as he gets through the movie, starts to um, you know, it's almost like he uses some parts at the start of the film. Yeah. Like when you're talking about you first see the boat and you know and it yep. points at the camera and stuff like that. I think, but as he moves on. I think the first part he's trying to impress you with the 3D. Yeah. He's trying to impress you with his new technology. Yeah. And then I think he starts to settle and goes, okay, well, let's get into the storyline yep. a bit more now. And there are moments that, like, I'm sure the scene where Beowulf's, um, you know, they, his body's floating away on the ship. Yeah. And they set it on fire, all that sort of stuff, would have been amazing in 3D. You yeah, know, yeah. Things like oh, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, even the sea monster battle. Would have been epic and amazing oh. in 3D. But it's just those little moments that, that are like almost as if they're... Again, we talked about it in Polar Express. They feel like they might have been added post yeah, to to hype the 3D a bit. But I think, I think yeah, I think you're right. I don't, I don't know whether it'd be post, but I think he's scared of the new technology. Yeah. And, and I think he went into it with a mind of selling it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I think, and I think that's especially you know, like I think it was a more expensive tickets at yeah. the time for 3D, yep. um, and so it it was it went out to make a money. Yeah, money. it's a, it's a it's an interesting one because it does it just because I'm falling in love with him so much. Yeah, it leaves you going, oh, just Bobby, a bit disappointed. Bobby, you know, <laughs> you know, come, come on, Bobby. man, you're better than that. Um. So, yeah, just that. And and just other times, the movements of the camera, because it is so free. Yeah. Um, the movements of the camera are, are so unnatural at times that it throws me out of the movie. Give me an example. Uh, Luke, there's ones that are really good. Following the rat, letting it go up, and then pan away. Yeah, that's but awesome. I think there's stuff like... That's used perfectly it is because it all flights all the way back yeah maybe it's the an example might be when grendel comes and he's fighting beowulf's jumping around and doing all that oh, sort yeah, of yeah, stuff yeah, 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 yeah. sometimes the angles and the movements again to capture 3d in there are out of perspective in a funky sort of way yeah, like the that um where there's an older beowulf yeah, and they're shooting down at those people uh, yes. who are attacking. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's just weird little moments where 
It probably is for 3D purposes. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, the arrows, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're always for 3D purposes. But because of that, it it almost pulls me out of rea- into reality a bit more, like knowing that I'm watching a movie. I yeah, don't want to exactly. know I'm watching a movie. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. You want to you want to you want to be in, you know, in that world. And because of those little moments and they happen a couple times throughout the film, it leaves me feeling like disjointed. Yeah. Because I'm I'm just I'm not in, engrossed in the world. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, it just feels a bit funny. It's like one of the um in that idea. It's one of the scenes where um Gleason's on the Brendan Gleason's on the horse and he jumps over the burning bridge. Yeah, yeah. That seemed I'm like, oh, do we need that? <laughs> well, you totally could have had it, but, but you didn't need it exploited. Yeah, exactly. And if it was done straight, you know, Zemeckis is he's shown he does it numerous times throughout his films and under the underneath. Oh yeah, and a couple shot. of times, yeah, when under the where it goes under the ground. Yeah. And you know, that could have been done there and it would have been quite effective given the perspectives you need. But it's just that angle is shifted slightly. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, just, exactly. It's just tilted slightly. And again, I, I found the same thing. I wondered if um Shrek had gone through the road where they were trying to get it ready for three D. True. And True. so Shrek the Third has these angles where he's looking at the camera and his face just looks distorted, distorted. Yeah. in 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 perspective. It's 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 someone with a new toy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um and I think you, I think without going too much into it, but I think you're you see the change more in Christmas Carol. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Um you see a, a man who now knows how to use the toy better. Yeah. Yeah, and you I know, can't all, wait for next week's episode. Exactly. Like, Beowulf is, for lack of a better word, all bells and whistles. Yes. You know what I mean? And and, and look, as much as disc- I love, I love, I love Beowulf. I, but yeah. I, I, I love it more as a nerdy thing. I love that idea of that, Um, you know, you through all the Clint Eastwood films, you know, the stranger comes to town, you yeah. know, and he basically, well, he's not really strange, but he comes to town and he just basically kills whatever's there. And, you know, I can't argue with my brother, you know. He loves it and he said, oh, you know, we've got to be careful. Yeah. Because um, last time I argued with my brother, we got into a... Um, actually, here's a story for you. Yeah, <laughs> here's a story to John. So speaking of my brother, who's arguing with my brother. So he, he reminded me of a story that last time we argued about a movie yeah. um, was the name Sealy from um, Colour Purple. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so we're doing a color purple. Um, so we thought about it. He said, "Then I said the name was Sealy." He goes, "No, no, the name's something else." I said, "No, it's Sealy." So we we went to um, the one place at the time because obviously it was around at the time there was no internet. Yeah, or it was, or it took you ten years to get onto the internet. Yeah, yeah. So what would you refer to if you didn't? If you needed to refer to a movie, what would you refer to at that time? Oh man. Leonard Moulton's books. Oh, whoa! <laughs> so the we Leonard Moulton guide. To a Leonard Moulton guide. So we referred to the Leonard Moulton guide. I was proved right. Yes. And so my brother, in his um, honourable way, hit me in the head with the Leonard Moulton book. <laughs> 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 to which my oh, brother said God. to me the other night when he reminded me, he goes, if you think about that story, there's so many layers to it. The fact that two movie busts are fighting, and I hurt you with the Leonard Moulton guy. 
<laughs> I feel like Leonard Moulton would really appreciate I that. I think he'd appreciate that, yeah, to be, you it's know. It's sort of like <laughs> people would consider that book the Bible sometimes. It was, it's like, man. It was a Bible, Bible bashing. ages, man. It was a Bible. And they were hard books, man. Yeah, they were. Hard books. And they were one of those ones, you wanted to get it every year. Yeah. But you just had to be like... You know, like the thousand movies you should see before you die. Yeah. You can't do it every year. You can't. You You've can't. got to go every like five years. I'm sorry, Jay. You, uh, you can release the 19th and 20th version. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I can't. I can't <laughs> buy it every year, 1001. Can I tell you a cool little story? Uh, it's actually a little origin to uh, from first to last. Awesome, Cameron. So one of my early ideas, because um, I'd sort of been gestating this idea of a podcast for a bit. Yes, he um, has. He has everybody. And and I drop them out to Craig and say, "What do you think of this?" And that. So my I, my original idea, well, there were two. My first idea for from first to last was actually to be uh, the Simpsons, what? and you work from the first episode of the Simpsons all the oh, way through. Oh, okay. And each week you do Jesus. a Simpsons episode. That would be hard. Um, which I'm glad we didn't do. That. Oh, I'm glad we did. <laughs> but the other this one is was, hard for twenty two hours. Yeah. Twenty two films, man. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other one that I thought would be really cool is actually to buy one of those One Thousand and Ones books and, and work and work those. your way through those. That would be very interesting. Though. And because there would be so many things that you hadn't seen, all those films from the thirties to the sixties. Yeah, and those Ingmar Ber- yeah. Bergman films. There'd and be a they, heap they throw a lot of, of Italian films in there. Yeah, and yeah. I'm pretty sure there's like Jodorowsky in there and, and soft stuff like porn. That. Yeah, just real weird sort of. Caligula, like things like in, that. Last Tango in Paris yep. and all those stuff, yeah. So I thought that would be a really interesting little journey, uh, but I'm really glad we settled on this. Oh, I think this is a lot better concept. Yeah. It's a lot better concept. So, but that, anyways, would been, that would have been interesting, man, you know? There's a little thing, because I've got a copy. My last copy was when Inception was released. Mine was 12 Years a Slave. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so it's got that oh, on the yeah, back I here. love it. <laughs> so good. Oh, no, it's got 12 Years Slave and Gravity on the other side. Oh, yeah. Gravity. <laughs> so good. Um, what what I think was really interesting um, that sort of threw me a little bit in the film as well uh, was I was not prepared for the change in pace when Beowulf becomes king. Yeah. Almost like I looked at the time like I think I paused it to go to the bathroom or something. Yeah. I realized we're only halfway through the film. Yeah, and he's uh, already king. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 weird. Yeah, and basically, um, well, look, I see the point in the story of it. Um, yeah, because they're bringing more into you know he's a king. Yeah, um, and how he actually cheated his way to be king. He never yeah, yeah, and um, but yeah, it does it does get a bit bonkers and then suddenly that little girl comes in and yeah you know and you're meant to feel something for that little girl no don't yeah care. i couldn't care if she got killed by the dragon it was just don't hurt robin right pen yeah that's exactly <laughs> right forrest is gonna come and punch you we already know this. <laughs> 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 we already know he'll ruin your black panther oh, party. He'll ruin your black panther party. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i ruined your little grendel party because <laughs> that's one man I think you'd be unstoppable in that world. It's Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump Forrest just Gump, running. Just running. <laughs> running from the dragon. <laughs> running from the dragon. <laughs> Can you imagine just Angelina Jolie so just trying to what's touch the, you? Um, imagine a, a conversation between him and Grendel. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be double Dutch, man? You're just fucking... Misa <laughs> I don't understand much of what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Want to see me dance? Want to see me dance? <laughs> but that Grendel is as Grendel does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just Grendel. 
Um, but the pace really shifts Got again. Your magic arm, Grendel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop, I'll stop. We could go for days playing oh, these jokes. Dude, anyone who's listened to the Contact episode knows that we got on Forrest Gump <laughs> tangents for ages. We're a guapo tangent. The Gump Hump. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the change in pace threw me a little bit. And it almost felt like that needed to be at the three-quarter mark, not the halfway mark. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Um, it's... I think they they ran through the Beowulf story a little quick. Yeah, yeah. Like the original, you know, the epic of, section, yeah, the of epic it. section of it. You know what I mean? I think um, it was almost like Beowulf was killed. I mean, Grendel was killed pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't as vicious as you thought he was. And then the whole idea of um, you know Grendel's mom. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. it was very quick. It was we'd, very quick. We, it's almost we needed one more. We needed Grendel with the missing arm. Yeah, to go away. And then come back for one more battle, or even more. Um, or they go to they go to battle in the cave. Exactly. And then once he's defeated Grendel, then he has the the seductress come along. And I really don't see the point much of um, Beowulf's son. Yeah, the gold dragon. Oh, I know. Look, visually, I'm selling 3D. Oh, it's the perfect thing to put on. And there. like, let's go down the dragon road. Let's go um, down there. That is insanely good. That oh, once the, the, the dragon whole, arrives. The dragon arrives is awesome. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think we could have bulked it up with a little bit more. Um, I One of the, my favorite parts of that section is where um, the sun's dead on the ground and yeah. Beowulf's lying next to him. You know what I mean? And yep. he touches him on the arm. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? That could have been good to, to play up that father-son um type connection a little bit more. Yeah, I do I do agree cuz the way it stands now in the film almost feels oh, he had a connection to him? Yeah, exactly. Like you, you know, sort of know it's his son but then you're like, yeah. Even even it a bit of dialogue. Uh, look, let's be honest, we're not screenwriters. No, exactly. Um, I'm especially not better at than Neil Gaiman and yeah, Roger yeah. Avery, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's yeah. exactly right. But like we just these are just two guys and their thoughts while we chat about this of stuff. Course. But I would have loved to have had a bit where maybe it's a moment where he's drunk, he's king, and he talks about how the fact that he hasn't had a son with Robin Wright. Yeah, exactly. You know, like she didn't want to give Anthony Hopkins a son. Mm. Um, but I think it might have been part of a curse as well. Yeah, okay. Because so he says they, because were, in love, she said they were in love with each other for ages. Yeah. And then he just, in time, he just drifted away from her because of secrets. Yes, okay. Because, yeah, in the end, she loathed Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like, and I don't think they did. You're right. I don't think that Anthony Hopkins and herself together. But I think Beowulf and her didn't. Um, I think they did have a life as a husband and wife for a while, but yeah. they just never could conceive. Yeah. That'd Which I think is part of the curse. Yeah, that, that makes total sense, Craig. Yeah, that exactly. makes total sense. Because he never, the concubine never got pregnant either. No, exactly. Exactly. It was only it was only for that one son. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the king committing suicide totally took me by, Oh, I know, because he's just surprise. so casual about it, wasn't yeah. he? He just throws in the, throws in the crown and... All right, it's like he's going off for a piss and then just, yeah, just, <laughs> off just he goes. jumps out. Have you ever watched, um, <laughs> it did remind me, do you ever watch the IT crowd? The TV show, the IT I've crowd? I've seen bits. There's like the second season. The first season has this hilarious manager of the whole company. And um, 
the the second season starts with him announcing that the company's um, being investigated for fraud, and he literally gets up from his desk and like walks out the window yeah. <laughs> and just kills himself. <laughs> and and like the way he does it is just like so. What the heck? Like you know, it <laughs> reminded me of that because it wasn't like what the heck. I did not see that coming. Oh, exactly. I thought maybe he'd take the crown off and just sort of shrivel away, almost age really quickly <laughs> and dissolve into ash or just something. Like 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 Grendel did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the um but back to the dragon, there's something in it that um I could just see like the maybe it was the gold, but it just reminded me of that that bit of um in the second hobbit, the yeah. the desolation of Smaug. Yeah. That that scene, you remember they they release all the gold and it's sort of they think they're frozen him in the gold yeah. and then he comes out and starts going nuts. I was like, oh man, even the movements and the shape of the face of the, the dragon was just like so, so smaug. Yeah, know? so like, Tolkien. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was, wasn't was it? Um, Alan Lee, who they based yeah. most of it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, heaps like that. Eh? Yeah. So it was just, it just kept reminding me. And like the, the epic battle, you know, uh, where Beowulf's trying to cut the heart. Yeah, oh, I love that scene. And, Ooh, and cuts his arm. all he can do is cut his own arm <gasps> off in order to, to actually Reach, get in yeah. there to rip the heart out. Oh man, man, and how epic is that? That's an epic moment. You it know what is. I mean? you, you it's could, literally my the, my notes here is like uh, Beowulf cutting his arm off is epic. It is, man. <laughs> and it, it is. And seriously, if you're gonna ever tell a story again, you could just say, "Yeah, man, I remember seeing Beowulf. He ripped out a oh, fucking dragon's heart <laughs> after he cut his arm <laughs> after off. He cut his arm off, man. You'll never question Beowulf ever oh, no. again. You know what I, I mean? The dude it's, pulled out a, a bloody. Uh-huh. It's the stuff of legend, it isn't is. it? It is. It is. Oh, That's why we're talking about him today. Yeah. <laughs> Look, um, do you know what I love about this podcast, Craig? And uh, I think it's because we're doing it together. But I'm pretty sure that I was coming into this disliking Beowulf. <laughs> <laughs> and as we've discussed it more, I'm like, oh. Maybe it's not so bad. Beowulf's a, oh, look, Beowulf's a top film, but it has a glaring mistake. Yeah. And once again, and I, I, I don't want to play on that, but we are, it's that post-Game of Thrones standard yeah. that we're all sitting at. It's Post almost like we've Lord been tainted Rings. by it, haven't we? We have. We have. We expect more from yeah. that world. From that world, we yep. expect more. And while I, I think, look, the movie in its context, in its time, um, in the fact that it's so innovative, it's meant to market, it's still meant to make money. Yeah. It's not an independent film, yeah. $150 million. You know, it has its glaring um, emissions. But yeah. it, look, it's good for its time. It's an epic story. You can see why it's still going today. Yeah. It, it, and it sounds awful. Can be done better. It totally can be done better. And like Beowulf himself, we talked about long form storytelling. Mm. You could do seasons where he battles different beasts. Oh, exactly. You could do oh. a Beowulf prequel. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? You'd like, happily oh. watch him travel the world. I'd saving happily people. listen to Ray Winston oh. just talk about. Everything. There we go. Motion capture is not that expensive to do these exactly. days. So, oops. It's and one episode where there's actually no monster in the village. Oh, no monster in this village. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just have a beer. <laughs> or one of your famous mead. <laughs> is it all right if we help you build this school? <laughs> well, 
This seat's taken. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Gleeson's character going, can't sit here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I'm Wolf. Bayo Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> A middle-aged Bond film. <laughs> <laughs> Beowulf starts out as a um, as a, in an espionage where he's going to break up other crews who are trying to kill monsters. So good. Um, so Craig, I reckon we've had a pretty good good chat about this. Oh, look, it's been. Have you got great, anything yeah. else on it? Um, not really. I like as always. I enjoy Beowulf. I enjoy. Yeah. Um, I think beautiful casting, beautiful voices with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love. I love the voices. Um. And Crispin Glover is up there as one of my creepiest villains. I haven't, yeah, I you know, just watching it from an adult's perspective. Oh well, you know, watching it from this perspective again, he's the one that's impressed me the most. Yeah, um, even just the way he spoke, you know, the yeah. way he moved, and knowing there's Crispin Glover behind it, who's just as weird as Grendel probably is. Yeah, you know what I mean. I just think, yeah, that's my biggest take from it. I love him as that. Um, and it's just vicious film. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Like I said, good movie. Yeah. It's, it's not bad. Yeah. Exactly. It's not bad. It's not yeah. bad. You just got to take it in context. Yeah. I think you've got to definitely take the film in context. I think, um, as a spectacle and as an achievement, it's amazing that Zemeckis was able to get that much money to make this movie. Oh yeah. Oh yes, definitely, definitely. But look, seriously, I think Zemeckis must be an enormous salesman. Oh, and look, again, you look at his body of work. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's one of those things where you go, there's so many people who passed on his previous ones that became yep. huge. Yeah. That you wouldn't want to be the studio. You don't want to miss. Mistake again. Yeah, you don't you know want to miss mean? out. Yeah, totally. I look. I this is not one of my favorite Robert Zemeckis movies. No, no. Oh, um, look, look. Put, looking at that, let let's do it. Let's should we do it? Get onto the ranking. Let's go to the ranking. Let's do it. So, so Craig, um, where where are you throwing this bad boy? Oh, it's hard, man. Um, look, I'll have to throw it all the way down. I'll have to push Polar Express down. Okay, so you're throwing uh, Beowulf at number, number nine, nine. Yeah, and Polar Express at number ten. Polar Express at number ten. I just, I oh, look, I've just enjoyed over my time. I've enjoyed, um, I've enjoyed Beowulf. Um, yeah. I honestly think, come back in ten years, Polar Express will be higher up because I'll be watching it every Christmas with my son. Yeah. But this is the first one. It's interesting. Um, I'm similar to yours. Uh, but I'm actually going pretty low on it. And Go for it, man. I'm, I'm going to put it at number 11. Um, just because I was thinking about earlier today, I enjoy romancing the stone more. <laughs> True. You know? That's a good point. So, That's a very good um, point. I, I think I I love what Zemeckis has done on a technical level. Yeah. It is a gorgeous film. Oh, it's... Look. You can't technically, you can never, I can look at all these damn films and say technically, yeah. they're amazing. Yeah. And Every film. I just, I think, um, as I've probably had problems with other films, it's too dark for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that little bit disjointed. And I do feel a bit betrayed. <laughs> I know it sounds weird. <laughs> betrayed. But at how much it pandered to 3D. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think also though it needed it. 
because well, it was think, too new to the game. Yeah, and I think knowing what our next film is, yeah, then it makes a lot of sense because you almost got to make mistakes here in order to nail a Which Christmas carol. I think is most likely his alternate target. Yeah, yeah, I think. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised. So for me, um, I'm going to pop Beowulf at number 11 under Romance in Stone. And under that is I Want to Hold Your Hand and Death Becomes Her. And used cars. cars. <laughs> uh, down down below. Used cars is almost getting compacted like a well, a, poor used a, cars. a disused vehicle. Um, like yeah. A, like a dead man at the wheel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With two coins on his eyes. Um, Ooh, that motherfucker. Oh, you stink. <laughs> Just a little so, memorizing for you. Craig, uh, where can people find us? Oh, you can find us at fftlpodcast.com if yep. you're onto the intranet. Yep. Um, then obviously you can find us at fftlpodcast on Facebook, um, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah, we're we're there, people. We want to we want to hear for, from you too. And if we you want to shoot us an email, guys, throw us in. Info at pod, fftlpodcast.com. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, <laughs> and subscribe He's to... speaking Grendel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Craig's Grendel is like a demented J- uh, Jar Jar. It is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Craig, next week uh, we're, we're going to be chatting about A Christmas Carol. Yep. As Can't we've wait. mentioned a few times, it's the last motion capture film in uh, Zemeckis' Little Journey. Yep. And what's crazy is how close to the end of Robert Zemeckis' filmography we I'm going to genuinely be feel sad, man. I, I've really delved deep into this man's life. I'm concerned there's going to be a little grieving process. Oh, there's going to be grieving. Oh, man. I Like, I'm friends with his wife on Facebook. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah. Now who, you know, any other world, I really couldn't care. Oh, whoa, but, um, there was an ominous sound. We just had a storm coming. I do coming. care, I do care, <laughs> okay, I really do care. But, um, but yeah, man, I, it's, I'm just so involved in this man now. Yeah. I've, had, I've, I've got a relationship with him. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's, it's like I, I have something that is so unexpected about this is the fact that we have grown so attached to his work. I would honestly, and I've never had this, we've, we've met, um, you know all these amazing actors, directors, yeah. and so on and so forth. I'm so deep into this guy. I'd be intimidated if I met him. Yeah, you get starstruck, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, I'd, yeah, exactly. I'd be starstruck. Yeah, I'd be starstruck. And like I can say from experience, Craig and I've never had a moment where we've been starstruck. No, with someone. never. Like Peter Jackson. Yeah, he's actually smaller than me. Yeah, you know, you could take him. You know, <laughs> we saw Quentin Tarantino, and yeah. and again, I wasn't nervous about having a chat no, to him. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey Katzenberg, he scared the shit out of him. Well, but the first time we met him, he first was delightful. He was, he he was a delightful man, wasn't he? He was yeah. a beautiful he man. Was, he was just, he was, he was really happy to have a chat to us. I so just wanted to kiss him on his head. <laughs> <laughs> he would have took it well too. So guys, <laughs> tune in next week. We're going to talk a Christmas carol. Um, and like we say every week, we are we are, are genuinely so thankful and so um, honoured that you want to spend your time yeah, with guys, us. Thank you so much. Um, we, we are loving doing it. I'm actually... This is just how my brain works, but I'm already getting into season two mode. Yeah, um, yeah, he is. And That's so his OCD kicking. I've guys. been, I've been planning. Ahead. Look, we we need it. I'm actually worried we're about to lose power here, Craig, because this awesome. storm is going hardcore. Um, but I'm surprised yeah. I haven't got a text from my wife. <laughs>
freaking out. Oh, I've seen my phones going off over there. So uh, hopefully all is well in the Reed family. <laughs> um, but yeah, so tune in next week, guys. Uh, every Monday we're dropping episodes. So a Christmas Carol next week. Yep. Hit us up where we where you need to hit us up. Tell yep. us what you love and tell us what you hate. And exactly. We want to hear from you. Exactly. And this one's dedicated to John Killian. Yeah. The man who I used to call the buff. <laughs> John Buff. Seriously, I even bought him um, a Zippo because he's a smoker. And it says John Buff Killian. And that's what it's like on my phone. It's been like that for years. John Buff Killian. <laughs> I did notice that today. I thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah. He's always he's just known, always known as the buff. <laughs> <laughs> And he always had the um, Darth Vader tune whenever he walked into a room. So good. All right, guys. Well, from all of us here at From First to Last Podcast, I'm Jeff Reed. I'm Craig Killian. Thanks for listening. Love you, man. (laughs) 